I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. And if worship is warfare, why don't we just take 30 seconds and lift our voices, lift our hearts, give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, men, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 What a joy and honor it is for me to be here. There's something so special about men getting in their rightful place. And that place is putting God first in our lives. And I give you men honor. How many of you work today? Would you lift your hand? We give you honor from coming for work, heading to church on a Friday night. We give you great, great honor. And thank you, men, for having me. I give honor to Pastor Robertson. Uh, Brother Hill brought me here this afternoon, and we walked around, and uh, I was just impressed. I was impressed with what God has done in this place. And I heard the wonderful reports of what kind of church this is, and we honor the bishop of this house, Pastor Robertson. Would you give him a great big hand? We honor him. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 6. I also give honor to Brother Hill, my good friend, who just met me this afternoon, been taking great care of me, uh, other than having to put up with him. It's been wonderful. No, I'm just joking. We've had a great, great time. And Brother Elliot, also a good friend of mine. Um, I'm not much of a preacher, but I do feel like the Lord has spoke something into my heart. And I just hope that you'll help me to help you. So we can all leave here saying we've been helped. I don't want relief. I don't want to just feel good till I get out of here. I want help. I want to walk out of here tonight knowing that I know that I know I've been in the presence of God. Anybody else like that? All right. That's wonderful. Now let's kill it right here. Romans 6. Verse number 1. Also to the guys behind the wall, thank you for helping me. I had a technical difficulty. Changed my password and forgot it. Amen. Thank you very much. Romans 6 verse 1. What shall we then, what, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now don't check out right now like, oh, I knew this was coming. Please just give me a few minutes, okay? Know ye not that so many of us as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man, I love this, is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, 
that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. I hear chains breaking already. Now if we are dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ may be raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death have no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Amen. I had a few more there, but we'll just stop there. I don't want you to get nervous on me. Amen. Crucify me just yet. My subject for a few moments before I ask your pastor to pray over us is the man in the mirror. The man in the mirror. Pastor, would you pray? Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. God bless you. Now, they they didn't ruin it, but they confirmed it with that song they just sung. But many years ago, when I was a youth pastor in our local church, we had a young girl. About once a month, we'd give her the mic on a Sunday night, and she would sing the house down. And the lyrics to the song that she would sing were simple but powerful. It said, It's a struggle for survival. I daily meet the foe. But out here on the battlefield, sometimes I feel... So alone. What a truth that statement is, men. As we go to our jobs, as we navigate our way through life, there is an adversity out there. There is a foe out there. Now you might as well just get the mask off and the facade off and I'll do the same. We're tempted every day, men. We face adversity every day. And if you're here tonight and you're saying, Preacher, I'm never tempted, you may be excused. But for the rest of us, we're daily in a fight. It's a fight for our soul. It's a fight for our relationship with God. You know why you showed up at Watchman service? Because you want to win the fight. Is there any men in here that say, You know what, I want to serve God. I believe that. Hallelujah. Temptation abounds all around us. We're faced with adversity all around of us. And the weakness of our humanity is ever on display before us. I don't know about you. Well, yeah, I do. I'm encouraged when I read Paul had a thorn in the flesh. And I've read 50 books on that thorn, and I can tell you this. I still don't know what his thorn was, but I'm glad he had one. Because I'm encouraged that Paul fought it. And every man you read about in the Bible fought it. And every person in this room is fighting it. But I want to tell you before we walk out of here tonight that we are going to win the fight for our soul. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I don't need anybody else to tell me I got a thorn. When I look in the mirror every morning, I'm faced head on. With the fact that I have weaknesses. I have inconsistencies. I have things, excuse me for being so honest, that are way below the dignity of a Christian that come in my mind and enter my world. Somebody said amen. So without being ugly tonight, I would just tell you that when you look in the mirror, and when I look in the mirror, our weakness is ever before us. Anybody know what I'm saying? The dichotomy, however, seems to be that the man in the mirror is not the man I wish I was. I believe in large part that we are 21st century Davids in this house tonight. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Somebody said amen. I understand the times we live in. I understand the frailty of my humanity. But hear me in this holy house tonight. I believe, Pastor, there's some men of God that want to please God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your flesh. But unfortunately, what faces us in the mirror is the facts of our flesh and the facts of our weakness And what the devil don't ever want you to see is what God sees when you look in that mirror. Somebody shout amen. I understand full well. It's easy for me to preach this because I understand men's temptations. I is one. This whole world is pandering to the carnality of men. It's on every billboard. It's in every newspaper. It's in every magazine. It's in every commercial if that's what you're into. Everywhere we turn, this world is pandering for the carnal flesh of men. But I believe you wouldn't be here tonight and I wouldn't be here if something inside of us didn't say, wait one minute. I love God. I love my wife. I love my pastor. I love my church. And I love the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody, let's praise Him. This world panders to us. Everywhere you go, we'll let some other man of God sort this out, but it seems like there's a Jezebel waiting on every corner, winking and blinking and flipping her hair, trying to get your attention. You can sit there and look straight ahead, buy the CD and go home and shout with me. But I'm telling you, this world is after us men. It's pandering to our flesh. But I want you to hear me tonight. We are going to win that fight. We are going to win that battle. We are not going out over some senseless sin. But we're going to march our way to glory. We're going to march our way in the pearly gates. We will lay the eyes of our soul upon our Savior. The problem I have at my house, the problem you have at your house, is this world's pandering to a part of me that when I look in the mirror, I desperately wish wasn't there. Now, I lost my amens right there, so we'll try it a little bit easier. But this world's pandering to the thoughts, 
to the images, to the feelings, to the passions, to the desires that I wish were not there. But when I look in the mirror, I see them every day. I know they're there. I'm faced with them every morning. I'm faced with them every night when I go to bed. I understand full well a man's temptations. I've got them. It doesn't matter if I just walked out of a prayer meeting. When I look in the mirror, I'm still not impressed with what I see. I'm still not impressed with what goes through my mind. Yes, I love God. Yes, I love the church. But there's something about this world that's pulling and calling and reaching for me. Somebody needs to tell the world, you can't have me. You can't have me. We look in that mirror. I know you don't say it. I'm just silly enough to get up here and say it. We look in that mirror and we say, thank God my family don't know what I see when I look in that mirror. Thank God my friends don't know what goes through this mind sometimes. Surely to God this scripture describes what we see when we look in the mirror, Romans 7. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But yet I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. What does it say in the last scripture? It says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That's what I see when I look in the mirror. I see a man that desperately wants to please God. God that desperately wants to serve God but there's something else going on inside of me there's something else warring against that part of me that loves God does anybody relate to that I see something in the mirror that I don't like that I don't want there I wish there'd be a man would lift your voice and shout unto God right now When I look in that mirror, there's something shouts back at me. It shouts back at me, oh wretched man that I am. The mirror often reveals the reality of what I'm trying to outrun. Job said it best, man is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Man is born of woman's a few days and full of trouble. When I look in the mirror, I say, you got that right. I'm not trying to beat myself up. I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying to live for God the best I can. But the reality is once you get past what you see physically in the mirror, there is another part of you that's darker than you would ever want anybody to know. I'll let that sink in for a moment. Might be a good moment to just hum amazing grace and lift your hands to heaven. I don't like what we see when we look in that mirror. Even if you think you're a stud in this place, once you get past your hair and your good looks and all of that, you know there's things going on inside of you that don't please God, wouldn't please your family, and would embarrass you publicly. And I'm here to tell you tonight that's exactly what the devil wants you to see when you look in that mirror. But I come to rain on the devil's parade tonight. I come to jerk the cover off his lie that he's been telling you. 
You know what would make it a whole lot easier for me tonight in this room, brethren? Is if you just shout back at me, I'm in this with you, preacher. The reality of what most of us see in the mirror, mirror excuse me, is a diabolical scheme. It's Satan's perfect plan to, har- to harass you, to oppress you, and depress you. You see, Satan, in my estimation, stares you down in the mirror. Just as he did Adam and Eve in the garden. He makes us question ourselves, question our marriage, question our walk with God. Anybody else got this kind of stuff going on when you look in the mirror? You see, in my opinion, his purpose for meeting you and I in the mirror and in our private thoughts is to create a question in us. Who are we really? You see, when the serpent met Eve in the garden, he simply said to her, if you take of this, you'll be like God. The facts are she was already like God. Genesis 1 said, and God said, let us make man in our image. His greatest mission then and now is for you and I to never realize just who we are. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I come to tell somebody in this house, you're a son of God. You're a son of the King. Come on, men. Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Somebody jump up on your feet and praise Him. He don't want you to realize who you are. He doesn't want you to know who you are, buddy. He doesn't want me to realize who I am. Genesis 1 said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over all the creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God's plan was simple. He created man to have utter dominion over everything, over the fish, over the fowl, over the sea. That's what God made you for. But the facts are most days we don't even have dominion over our own self. I need a little help right there. We're supposed to, we're supposed to be able to control the fish, the fowl, and the seas, and we can't even control ourselves. Somebody shout amen. But I'm here to tell you in this house, if men, if men ever get the notion of just who we are, you're talking about a revival. Men act like the mouse on their computer is stronger than them. Act like the remote to whatever is stronger than them. You don't have to help me right there, but I'm telling you, that's exactly what the devil wants you to think. Somebody says, preacher, you don't know my story. You don't know what I'm going through. You're exactly right, but I do know who your God is. I If we ever, if we, you may be seated, if you ever get the notion of just who you are and the dominion and the power God created you to have, from creation to now, for anything to be born and survive, it had to be connected to its source. At creation, God called from the sea fish, from the trees fruit, from the ground plants. But the thing to realize is, for the fish to survive, it's got to stay in the sea. Unless it ends up on your wall. Yeah. For the fruit, it's got to stay on the tree. 
plants have got to stay in the ground. So its source becomes its essence. So when he wanted to talk, when he wanted to call fish forth, he had to talk to the sea. When he wanted to call fruit, he had to talk to the tree. When he wanted to call plants, he had to talk to the ground. But when he wanted to call you, he talked to himself. He said, let us make man in our image. He's not just your source. He's your essence. He's who you are. I wish some man would shout right now and say, wait a minute. I'm connected to a power that's greater than power. Come on, let's give him praise in this house. So don't you let the devil confuse you men. When you look in that mirror, I believe we're willing to accept the fact he's our source. But the devil don't want you to see in that mirror that he is also your essence. I said he is your essence. To be our source, that means we must be created by him. Somebody say check. But I read another scripture in Acts 17. For in Him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are His offspring. He is my source and He is my essence. What are you saying to me? I'm saying you are connected and you are a power greater than power. There is nothing can stop you, men. There is nothing greater than what you've got on the inside of you. You know, if you're in this room, I know you're probably not going to do it, but I'm up here doing it. And you've been battling something. I'll finish the message in a moment. You've been struggling with something. Something's had you chained up. We just read it that we're going to break the chains in this house. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. You ought to stand up on your feet right now and say, It feels like I can't get out of this. But I'm telling you, there's a help that's in this house that's greater. Somebody lift up your voice and pray right now. Come on, lift up your voice and shout unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now shout out a praise before we're seated. Shout out a praise. You may be seated. You can't fight the facts. Adam did indeed do something in the earth that pulled dominion from his hands and consequently caused all men to deal with this thing called sin. Romans 5 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Somebody said amen. But I'm going to tell you today, Adam is not our Christ. Some say the first man, Adam, fell, and the second man, Adam, rose again. I want to tell you that surely to God we were born in sin. Surely we all face sin. 
And if you want to trace your genealogy back to Adam, you're going to live in the context of your first birth. But I'm here to tell you tonight, the context of our first birth is this. We're weak. We struggle. We have more weaknesses than victories. We have lustful thoughts. We ponder things that are below the dignity of a Christian. But we've been born again. The first man, Adam, makes him my source. But the second man, Adam, makes him my essence. Somebody shout Jesus in this house. I mean shout Jesus. Would you do that? So I want to close or wind to a close with telling you what you ought to see when you look in the mirror. This is what's really in the mirror. John 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What was John saying? He was saying a lot, but he was saying John didn't come from earth. John was saying he's going to come from heaven. The angels told that little peasant girl, Mary, the power of the highest shall overshadow you, and that which is born of you is born of the Holy Ghost. So it was born of heaven. And I come to tell you tonight, so were you. What the devil don't want you to see when you look in the mirror is not the man that was born of woman, but the man that was born of God. You might as well shout amen right there. I need you to get that. I need you to get who you are. I need you to get what's inside of you. And if you're here tonight and you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're going home with it. If you're here tonight and you're a backslider, you're coming home. I said you're coming home. Come on, do we believe that there's still room for somebody to get the Holy Ghost? The beauty about being born again is this. Your second birth erases the wrongs of your first birth. So the answer to a bad past is a bloody present. John 16 says, And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Jesus was saying, Just as surely as I want you to know about your sin, I want you to know about your righteousness. While we are so quick when we look in the mirror to embrace our faults, to embrace our faults, we often forget our redemption. Now stick with me. I know he's playing and that gave you hope, but I, I still got a little bit more. Keep play- No, it's soothing my soul. Keep playing. When God created the heavens, there was a time when all the angels would unite together in worship and service to God in harmony existed in heaven. One angel, his name was Cherub. He was called the Day Star. It was the original name of Satan. And his job was to reflect God's glory. He's always been in the mirror business. (laughs) Isaiah 14. How are you fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the morning? Lucifer is the Latin translation of the Hebrew word, which means day star, the shining one, the one who shines. He was shining one. He covered was he was covered with precious stones, Ezekiel twenty eight tells us. 
he would reflect, he would mirror the glory of God. Shining, covered with precious stones, reflecting the very God, the glory of God. He was the mirror in which God stared into. So let us not be fooled as you and I stand as the man in the mirror. Lucifer himself, always in the reflection business. Cast a picture that you and I don't want to see. And so easily reminds us, not what we are, but what we were. But I go back to my text tonight. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death. I'm going to skip a little bit here. Verse number 6. Knowing this, watch this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. What about the man I see in the mirror every morning? So the question of consequence in this room tonight is simple. How in the world can we spend so much time wrestling, fighting, struggling with what Romans told me I'm dead to? I'll tell you why, men. Because the real battle's in your mind. And if you let the battle be about your flesh, men, you hear me, you're going to lose every time. Trusting in your flesh to win your spiritual battle is like putting all your weight on a broken leg. It doesn't make any sense. The battle we are fighting, men, is to live for God. It's not a flesh battle. It's a spirit battle. It's yes. spiritual warfare. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know if the armored man out front is always out there, but keep him out there, Pastor. So that men walk in here knowing, wait a minute, I'm in a battle here. This is warfare. There's something after me. There's something after my family. There's something after what's going on inside of me. It's a battle. It's a struggle for survival. Yes. But it's not in your flesh. Ephesians 4 says put, that you put off concerning former conversations of the old man, which is corrupt, according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The battle is in the spirit of your mind. Somebody said amen. He doesn't ever want us to figure out just who we are in Christ. I need to say that one more time. He don't ever want you to figure out just who you are in Christ. So Christ is shouting to the men of the apostolic church in this hour. You're losing the battle because you're fighting the wrong fight. David lost the battle with his eyes, which led him to lose the battle in his heart because all because he wasn't fighting the battle he was born for. We're in the wrong fight when we fight in our flesh. 
So when I place you and I, when we place ourselves in front of the mirror, it's warfare, men. And the devil gets in the reflection business. And he portrays what we once were, what we once did, even what we thought in that moment. That's exactly what he does. But hear me in the Holy Ghost. You're dead to that image he's portraying to you. So to sin, you've got to believe his lie. I need you to get this. When I look in the mirror, I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the Bible said. Yes. From the top of my head to the sole of my feet, I've been baptized in the water. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to the devil's diabolical scheme. But when I get in that mirror, oh, shining one comes down. And he reflects my old nature. And the only way I can sin is to believe the lie that that's still who I am. Yes. How many of you has been deceived just this week? You looked in the mirror and what you've seen wasn't a picture of what your pastor preaches and teaches. And something inside of you said, I'll never get it right. I'll never get it straight. You're believing the devil's lie. That's exactly what he wants you to think. But I come to tell you in the Holy Ghost tonight, we're greater than sin. We got the victory over sin. We got the power over sin. We are who God says we are. Somebody praise Him right now. If you're a man in this house and you know how to pray, you ought to lift your voices up and pray, right? Hallelujah. Men... We're going to make war around here before we leave tonight. I don't know what time we're supposed to be done. Here's the deal. Get out of a Sunday night service. True power of God. Holy Ghost. Feeling good. Go home, whatever. Go through your routine. Get up, go through your day on Monday. And the next time you put yourself in front of a mirror, here comes old Lucifer, son of the morning, day star. And he reflects to you not what you felt on Sunday night. Not what you felt when your pastor cracked his Bible. But he reflects to you a part of your nature that God's tried to kill. you got to get this, men. Because I don't have a dramatic story at the end to make you cry. you got to get this. What you see in the mirror is spiritual warfare. It's spiritual warfare. He's trying to convince you of what you were. While you're desperately trying to figure out who God wants you to be. You say, Brother Wilkes, I don't know if that's true because when I look in the mirror, I'm just seeing my flesh. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The battle's not about your flesh, sir. It's about what's going on in your mind. The devil doesn't want you to know that you love God, that you want to serve God, that this world has nothing for you. I wish there'd be some men that would run up to this front and say, wait one minute, devil. I'm going to win the fight. I'm going to win the battle. Come on, somebody praise him. Come on, me, and lift your voice and praise Him. That saved a wretch.
Come on, men, lift your voices. There's help here. There's help here. There's help here tonight. How sweet the sound. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Like me. Was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind. Oh, but now I see the presence of God. When you get in the presence of God, you start to see who He created you to be. I wish men would lift your hands all over this house. Let's call down the presence of God. Let's see who God truly created us to be. Come on, lift your voices and pray. It was amazing grace. How sweet was the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I'm found. I was blind. Oh, but now I see. Oh, through many, many dangers, or oh, toils and snares, we have already come. It was grace that brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us home. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound.